at Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So this week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature Kirk McElhern, who runs the Kirkville site, an outspoken commentator on all things in technology. A little bit later, we'll have John Martellero of the Mac Observer. All this and more coming up on the Tech Night Owl Live. So I went to the doctor and he said I'm still alive. We have Kirk McElhern. He's still alive. So this is not going to be a paranormal radio show. But by the way, this week on the Paracast, we're going to talk about vampires. Not Bela Lugosi and all those people, but the real vampires who live among us. You mean the little fat animals? No, human being. Well, beings, I assume they're mostly human. But I don't know why we're even on this topic. We're actually talking about the attack of the killer ghouls. And the killer ghouls are the ones who track everything you do. They are big brother, or are they? Seriously. They're everywhere. They know that we're talking right now, I'm sure. Well, if they want to listen to me, I could tell them a few things. Okay. But you're the guest. I, I was waiting for you to ask me a question, to put that into question form. But that's well, okay. it's discussion mode that you have an article and a podcast. Yes, I, I Can you prevent Google from um, tracking your movements? So I just moved my finger in a way Google will not like. <laughs> so the article is talking about the way Google has organized its services that even if you tell it you don't want it to track you, if you turn off location services, it will still do this. Now, you can go into some pretty obscure Google settings, which most people don't know about to turn it off. But if you make this change, even in iOS, and what surprised me is uh, I have location services turned off in Safari. I have no reason to have that on in Safari. And I had cleared all my Google saved activity and I did a search in Safari and it showed up on my Google save activity with my location. And that's a bit creepy. Now, Google is certainly going to need your location to give you directions if you're using Google Maps, right? And that's fair trade-off. But there's two things going on. One is that they're, u- they're using your location to give you directions, but the question is whether you're allowing them to store that location. So in order to turn off the storage, and you'll link to the article, um, you have to go in and you have to turn off a number of settings that are relatively hard to find, unless, of course, you have the link that I have provided, the secret link that gets you in and clouds the minds of men and all that. I don't want to be tracked, unless I want to be, which is very rarely. I want to be tracked so people can listen to my radio shows. But that's it. Right. You want to agree to a certain level of tracking and, and a certain level of what, what, what we call exchanging data in the sense that on your website as on mine, we use Google Analytics because it gives us useful information about how many people visit the site. WordPress recently introduced a feature where you can automatically toggle Google Analytics to anonymize the data. So while it will track people, it won't be adding that data to individual profiles. And I'm not 100% sure that Google respects this. Um, but this is a setting that you can uh, adjust. You can probably adjust the same setting on the Google Analytics dashboard. I've never looked for it. Okay, so Google tracks you. Now, I find the other thing that bothers me about Google is that when I compare the readings I get from Google to the ones that I get from my server and yeah, its logs, 
Google yeah. doesn't come close. And it's the same with the readings that I get from WordPress's own stats. Um, they're different. And they they count things differently. Maybe if someone visits a page and reloads the page, your server's going to count it as another page view, but Google won't, which, you know, sometimes you get to a page and it's not working, so you have to reload it. Maybe it's that kind of thing. I'm, I'm really not sure what the difference is, um, but it's true that, and, and this isn't new, you know, I mean, we've been seeing this difference since forever, since since Google has been doing their analytics. Well, I think it doesn't hurt. It gives you an idea, is your site getting more traffic or less? Where's the traffic emanate from? So it is a way to at least get a, a rough and rough picture. Yes, it's a rough picture. But so, what's amazing is that they can take that rough picture and on their end, add that to a profile of a user, which is aggregating the data that they're getting from all over the place. And that's why... That's why me, I don't want this. I don't want this going on. I don't want them storing that much data and tracking me in that way. Well, I think a lot of people would agree with you. Although, I don't know. I guess the revelations about Facebook, on the other hand, may be encouraging some people to say, wait a minute, are we giving away too much? Yes, exactly. And so this, this is important to know here that you have this option. Again, if you follow the link, in my article, it will let you get to the place where you can turn off all sorts of things. Um, you can turn off um, everything that Google stores about you. And it, if you've never done this, you go to this link and you look at the, your activity and you'll see every Google search you've done since forever, as long as you're signed into a Google account. Now, anyone who's not signed into a Google account, this doesn't apply, but pretty much everyone has a Google account these days, don't they? I would think so at this point. Yeah. I think that when you wake up, you have a Google account. It's close. Now, of course, in the United States, even a child has a social security number. So really? I think. Okay. And, right. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I don't know how young Grayson was when he got a social security number. But well, I, I had to time. ask for mine when I started an after school job when I was in high school. Of course. You're saying it's given at birth automatically. Well, not automatically, but you get really young. I'm not even sure how young he was, but he had a social security okay. number really, really early on in the business. Okay. Okay. So there that goes. But with Google, I, they found a shtick that works. They found something that derives profits. The problem with Google has always been, what else can they do? And most other yeah, things what they, they do don't the bring them money. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they try to sell Pixel phones because they couldn't sell Nexus phones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we'll have to see what we have to see. But on the other hand, even if you turn off the tracking and Google is still watching you, that has to violate a law somewhere along the line, doesn't it? Well, there has been at least one lawsuit filed. When I wrote the article the, the day before, someone had filed a lawsuit against Google, and I would expect this to continue, um, th that more people are going to file lawsuits because this is just the way these things work. And w while you may not appreciate the the way these class action lawsuits work, um, they do get companies to make changes. Well, once again, Google doesn't want too many people to be upset with them. No, but most people don't know about this. And what's interesting here, it's the Associated Press that did the research on this. And 
this wasn't a tech publication. This was the Associated Press. And so that was uh, uh, an, an interesting way of exposing this into the sort of general news um, as opposed to, you know, every time we do something with uh, uh, on a tech site, it's only certain people who are ever going to see it. Well, we can't ban Google, although even the $5 billion that the EU wants to collect from them, that's chump change. It is. It's not going to make that big a difference. You know, it's kind of like with Apple, it's like Apple having to pay, what, $1 billion? What's the difference in the valuation? Oh, no, it's, it's $13 for Apple. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's huge. Oh, Apple is. But that, that's, yeah. that's just paying back the taxes that they managed to avoid. It's not a fine as such. There may be a fine included, um, but there are certainly back taxes um, that are being paid there. Now, imagine if you owe the IRS $13 billion. Yeah, right. And they come after you. And they send their agents. And then you fire the head of the... No, I don't want to get into that. We've got Kirk McElhern of Kirkville. I'm Gene Steinberg. Got a lot more to talk about. I'm the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Let's talk tough. Let's talk comfort. Let's talk about down-home value. Made in the USA blue jeans, like you wore as a kid. Remember? There's a place down in Tennessee Where they make blue diamond gusset jeans They so pride in every stitch Guarantee you love the way they fit They put a diamond gusset in the crotch Where you need it most Blue diamond gussets got it Others don't For good old-fashioned comfort, get diamond gusset jeans Every stitch guaranteed And our Defender motorcycle jean comes Kevlar reinforced See them at GUSSET.com That's gusset.com Or call 888-848-7738 That's 888-848-7738 Diamond gusset jeans got it Others don't 
You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So can we get past Google? You can avoid Google in some ways, but it's not that easy, is it? All right, so I want to be Google-free on my Mac. Now, Google doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm a semi-public figure, so probably doesn't make a heck of a lot of difference. But if I wanted to be totally Google-free, what do I do? Well, you can use other search engines. You could use DuckDuckGo, for instance. Um, They claim to search anonymously. You could use Bing if you trust Microsoft. Um, I don't know that I trust Microsoft. Uh, we're pushing that uh, a little any- too far. Yeah. Um, but DuckDuckGo is an interesting solution. Apple allows you to choose DuckDuckGo in, let's see, I'm in Safari here. And if I go to the search tab in the preferences, you can choose Google, Yahoo, Bing, or DuckDuckGo. So DuckDuckGo is apparently anonymous. I don't know if anyone's actually dug into this to see, um, but it does kind of make sense. You know, if you want to change, there's your chance. Well, in any case, that's another choice. Look at the search engines and see which one provides the results you want. But it's not just choosing something that you might think is more private. It's a matter of trying them out to see that they deliver the searches you want accurately. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's the quality of the results. And you know that with Google, not only are the results fast and up to date, but that they're very good results. In any case, let's 
pass Google by unless you're into Chromes or something. Didn't you buy a Chrome notebook at one time? Yeah, a couple of years ago for a Macworld article um, where it was essentially here is a Mac user discovering the Chromebook. And I found it quite interesting. It was a 100-pound Chromebook, so it was pretty much the cheapest you can get. And I, I was very impressed by the usability. Obviously, you're limited to what's available through Chrome, through a web browser and all. Um, but for someone who doesn't have a lot of computing needs, um, it, it actually works out quite well. My partner still uses it. Um, she doesn't use any apps. She surfs the web. She's got a, an iPad, an iPhone, she's got the Chromebook, and she uses it regularly. Well, okay, that is certainly one important thing about it. The other is that with Chromebooks, they're fairly popular at school systems in the U.S., and I think a lot of it is the cost. It's also the flexibility because, you know, with, with Apple's system, if you want to set up a classroom, right, so the students can log in from any device, it's relatively complicated. Um, you need to use special software. With the Chromebook, each student has their own Google account, and they can log in from any um, uh, device that they have. So Apple needs to improve their educational services. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. So how would you think they would do it here? As you say, the ubiquity of being able to log on anywhere with a Google account. An iCloud account is pretty flexible. So Apple could leverage it through iCloud, right? Well, yes, but remember that with the Chrome, with Chrome OS, everything you have is in the is in the cloud. Everything is stored in the cloud. So Apple whereas would have with to, iCloud, uh, that's not the case, and and you would have to, you know, you can have your iCloud drive, which mirrors what's on your Mac, um, or it can have everything that's on your iPad. But the the iPad, I'm not sure it's that comfortable to work like that. Um, because a lot of apps do try to store things locally, whereas the Chromebook, nothing is stored locally. I mean, things are stored locally, there's sort of the cache, um, but none of your data is actually stored locally. Well, we have a mixed opinion about that. Wouldn't it, you like to have at least a backup copy locally? Uh, certainly, but th this is the trade-off, isn't it? There always is, yes. Yeah. So we have to just make a decision. But with Apple, even if they had iCloud accounts with all their iPads and such, they've got to make it easy for students to get on wherever they want, whatever device they're using. Well, the question is whether the, the iPad is affordable enough. For, I mean, some schools are going to be able to do that. But whether the iPad is affordable enough um, for that possibility and whether the system that they've developed works. I don't know anyone who, who works with that in a school um, to know, is it called ClassKit, I believe? Um, the thing where you set up a class and you allow people to log in from anywhere. I don't know anyone who uses that. Um, I, I'm not sure how flexible it is. So, Well, there is a published report that Apple also wants to get into a lower-cost MacBook Air, MacBook kind of device with a retina display, but that's still going to cost $999 or $1,099 or something. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be cheap. Uh, Even if Apple offers a killer deal on a bundle of 1000 or 2000 of those for educational systems, how much can they discount it and still make their required profits? The, the updated MacBook Air is not going to be a $500 device or a you know, even less, because remember, the Chromebook I got was 100 pounds. It's probably not the best. It would probably not be the most robust for, for school use. Um, but 
you know, for twice that 200 pounds, you've probably got a very good Chromebook. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. In any case, so much for Chromebooks, so much for Apple and the educational market. Let's look at generally where Apple's been so far this year. We are expecting new iPhones in just a few weeks. Do you see the credibility in the latest rumors or do you even follow them? I'm not paying too much attention. Um, you know, we we get these rumors every year, and, and in, in most cases, they're relatively good. Uh, you know, as we get closer to the to release date, they're relatively reliable. Um, but I don't really care that much. Uh, I'm not going to be spending $1,000 um, or £1,000 for a new iPhone. So, Yeah, what kind of iPhone do you have now? I have the 8 Plus. Okay. And I bought that essentially because I wanted to have an iPhone with the new camera, with the new dual camera. Um, and it's nice, but I don't really use it that much. Um, uh, you know, I have real cameras that I use when I do my photography. So it, it was more to have it to understand how it works to write about it. But I'm not overwhelmed. I, I do like the larger iPhone as much as I've been a holdout with the iPhone SE for years, um, you know, with the smaller form factor. Um, I do appreciate the larger size screen. Uh, I think I said previously on the show, if I didn't work at home, um, then it would certainly be different if I had to carry that around with me. But I do work at home, and I don't have to carry it around. So it's really good to have the larger display. Well, here, I don't take as many pictures as I used to. And I looked into the closet. This is when we were putting a lot of our furniture in storage. And I found a Canon camera from, I don't know, 10 years ago. So what is that, six or eight megapixels? I forget what the specs were. And I hadn't used it in years. I just used my iPhone. Most people use their smartphones. Yeah, most people do. But that's not sufficient for the photography that I do. And particularly because, you know, I write about photography. So I, I want the option to uh, be able to do not anything, but, you know, a lot more than what an iPhone can do. Exactly. We have Kirk McElhern. His website is Kirkville at Kirkville.com. Took him years to get that one. It did. Uh, had to pay extra for it. And he had to wait until the greedy people who had it priced very high had it priced not so high, to be fair. We got more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest-priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org.
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results may vary. See website for details. But hey, I'm buying a huge flat screen TV so I can finally see it without my glasses. Why not just get LASIK at the LASIK Vision Institute? That's what I'm doing. Uh, My glasses and contacts are a pain. I'd love to finally get rid of these, but who can afford LASIK? You can. Because the LASIK Vision Institute is offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. Just text DO33 to 350350. The LASIK Vision Institute has already performed over a million procedures. They use the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Better vision, better value. The LASIK Vision Institute. Make this the year you finally get LASIK. For a free consultation plus an extra 20% discount, text DO33 to 350350. You'll see for free if LASIK is right for you. That's DO33 to 350350. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. Uh, January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Uh, then my real health began going downhill. I had high blood pressure, diabetes, poor vision. I wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking heart and body extract from within a few days. I started sleeping better. My blood pressure normalized. My diabetes normalized. My sleep improved. Experience these benefits and more when your body heals itself with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866 295 That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. And folks, I did not expect this at all. By the 7th, 8th, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract. Heart and body extract comes with a 100% ironclad money back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Kirk McElhern is here, proprietor of Kirkville. And we're going into a lot of different things that he's been active with. And one I actually got myself. Okay. I guess this is it. And that is porn blackmail emails. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, I, I, I will tell you, let me just tell you the background here, and then you'll tell me the kind of letters. Now, I have no moral objection to people watching what they want, as long as they're not hurting anybody, as long as they're not violating the law. 
Let's leave it at that. Yep. So somebody writes and says that they have caught me. They supposedly know one of my passwords. And they got something close to being right, something I might have used a long time ago. And they said they had evidence that I had visited porn sites. And if I didn't pay them in cryptocurrency, like 500 or or $1,000, they would reveal it. Now, I wrote back and never heard from them again. I said, go for it, man, because I'm not giving you any money. If you can prove that, I'm sure more people will listen to my radio show because I think publicity like that is good for the soul and never heard from them again. Yeah. So here's what happens. Um, You at some point used an email address and password that was involved in a data breach. And this could have been like the Yahoo breach where there was literally a billion people, I think, or any of the other ones. And someone got access to that information, which circulates on the internet. And so they found one of your real passwords. Uh, you know, in some of these data breaches, they may not actually get the passwords, but in this case, they did. So they send you the email. And in my case, it was a password I haven't used for a very long time. And the email is in sort of broken English, and it gives a Bitcoin address to send your blackmail to. A, a lot of people are falling for it. And it's kind of a shame, but... Well, I think the fear, you know, they figure a person is afraid that someone in the family will notice, somebody at work will notice. Yes, the, the, the threat is like to send it to your family or to your employer. Right, exactly, even if it's not true. Yes. Because you can fake anything online. Yes, so, so what the email says is that the person, while you were looking at porn, they were able to install some malware and record you with the video camera. Now, think about if you are looking at porn on your iPad, like you don't own a Mac right? Well, you can't install malware on an iPad, basically. Um, so, you know, it, it is, it's, it's like any kind of phishing. You know, phishing tries to get you to believe that a link is real and, and clicking on it, say a link to your bank or to your iCloud account or something like that. Um, this is the same kind of thing. Well, of course, it's not too hard if you really try to get information about somebody these days. For example, I've had a couple of bank accounts hacked and it's nothing I did. It was the bank. And of course, we are also in a situation here where hundreds of millions of records are out there. We have, what, 150 million Equifax records, which includes your social security number quite often. Yeah. And lots of other things. They're out there. So what has been done at this point in time to address that, to help the people? Well, you can keep tabs of your credit record and somebody gets in there. So after the cows have left, you could maybe close the barn door, but that's too late. Yep. So if you do get one of these emails, what I recommend is don't panic and then select one or two sentences and Google them and you'll find websites that are um, basically saying, yes, uh, this is what the scam messages look like. Um, And while they're not all exactly the same, mine was different than some of the um, examples I saw. Um, they are very, very similar, and you can tell that it's just the same thing. Um, it's just basically people were taking the same message and altering it slightly. Well, I guess it's a fairly painless way to make some ill-gotten gains, partly because they're going to use phony email addresses anyway. They're going to have proxy servers. They're going to hide who they are. So finding out who they really are is going to be difficult or impossible. So there's very little pain. 
so they can get this information from the dark web, they'll go for it. Because even if, you know, a thousandth of 1% respond with money, that's better. And those people who become victims, they can say, well, you know what? I found more information. Send me another grand. And also, um, it's very likely that, you know, they're going to make a link with those people and maybe other people. And it's, yeah, it's, you know. It's blackmail, it's phishing, it's social engineering because they're making you believe that someone actually does have this information when they absolutely do not. Um, It's preying on fear, it's preying on the shame of someone who would be exposed. So, yeah, just be careful. These things, um, there are many types of scams like this and just assume at first that it's bogus. And then perhaps... Um, consider whether there's a chance it's real. But, you know, Google all this stuff first, and you'll find that you're not the only one getting these emails. Oh, yeah, there's going to be thousands, especially since it's not that hard to get at least some elements of somebody's password, of course. Of course. Sorry. That's what makes it very difficult. And hard to be safe. Sounds like an old song. it's It's a dangerous world out there. It is, you know, we can always wish for smoke signals, but then you don't know when you see the smoke signal that you're getting a signal from the right person. Maybe there are hackers. Sure. Sure. Or when the smoke comes out in the Vatican, when they choose the new Pope, maybe someone, you know, planted smoke to make people think that the, that it was the right time. Basically, you have to be skeptical about everything today, in particular, everything on the internet. We're not even going to get into the fact about, you know, all the manipulative um, pseudo news and things, but just don't trust anything. Yeah. There's no hope for anything anymore. Let's go back to the iPhone prediction. So we know that Kirk McElhern's not going to buy a new one. You've got your iPhone 8 Plus. Very unlikely that I'll buy a new one. It's something that lasts for what now? Several years. Well, you could you could keep an iPhone for five years if you don't drop it too much. Well, my wife had an iPhone 5C. And the point at which she gave it up was when we were living in a place where she couldn't get a good signal anymore. And was it a problem with the phone? Did a new phone... Make a better signal. Yes, it does, because my okay. phone being newer makes a better signal. It's because this is a 5C is, you know, an older version of LTE. All right. We're in an area where reception isn't so great. Mm-hmm. So if she tried to call me, it was okay. She'd, it would fail a third of the time. If I tried to call her, a lot of times it would go to voicemail. And I had AT&T check the area, and they said, you know, it's average or below average reception there. They're not going to promise when they'll fix it. And this is what it could do, and that's it. I put my iPhone in there. I never miss a call. So there's a point where these old phones may be functional, may be in really, really good shape, but they're not going to work with the current technology. Obviously, the operating system is iOS 10 on it because it will never go beyond that. 
It'll never get 11, so it's sluggish. Remember the older operating systems. The older operating systems made it slower with each with each new iteration. Now Apple is claiming for iOS 12 that everything is going to be faster. Yeah, but they say that every time. I mean, it's true that everything is faster, but they say that every time. Well, not so much like it is now. They're talking what fifty percent faster on iPhone. No, they're 6. not. Not fifty percent. That's what they. Oh, you look, you take a look 6. at the claim. Look at the claim. Then an iPhone six, an iPhone, then a three-year-old iPhone. Yeah. Okay. They say fifty percent faster than it used to be. Okay. More to yeah. come with Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hpextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hpextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. 
Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. In fact, let me look at that right now while we're talking about here. Apple... Apple claims iOS 12 is faster, and they use an iPhone 6. But that's disingenuous. Apple claims iOS 12 will speed up old devices. Ah, speeding up old devices. Okay, that's That's what I said. Okay. Faster. Up to twice as fast than... No, I I I thought they were comparing the new phone with iOS 12... The old no, 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 no. But no. if they're saying that the old phone will be faster, that's possible. That they've, you know, they've managed to whittle down the code so things can go more quickly. They're um, talking but, about up to forty percent faster app launch, fifty percent faster keyboard display when the keyboard comes up, and seventy percent faster to bring up the camera. Right, so, but that won't affect your apps. That will only affect the operating system. It's the thing that people look at. When they judge speed, they see app launches, they see things like that. Yeah. So it means that it gives the impression of snappiness. And even if your apps perform no better, they're not going to perform any worse. So any gain is good, especially gains where it's just obviously visible. Yeah. I mean, on a somewhat newer iPhone, I see app launches, and I'm running the iOS 12 public beta. I see app launches being noticeably faster i can't say anything else is faster but that's nice because i think that's where people see the worst yeah but it's deceptive because an app launch isn't really anything happening other than an app opening i hear you i hear you it's a cosmetic speed change at best Uh aha but at least apple is showing you the things that used to slow down that's where your older iPhones would be slower with a new operating system 
in the areas that you perceive it the most. Well, no, they're slower across the board. Well, they're slower um, because of the CPU. But at least right. the things that make it seem sluggish, which is the app launches and all that stuff, that being sped up helps you make the product more enjoyable. Yes, that's true. But it's it's very simple that what they've done is they're just detecting an older CPU. And instead of 25 frames for an app to open, they're making 12 frames. So it may not actually be faster. It's just that, you know, the video, there's less video to display uh, because it's an older video card in in the device. Anyway, we don't know. I understand what they're saying. Um, it does sound deceptive. Uh, we'll find out in, what, less than a month. Right. We'll see. Now, are you expecting that the latest announcement is going to be true? We're going to see an update to the iPhone 10, a larger yep. iPhone 10, and then a wrap, an LCD-based model that's cheaper. That means, I guess, <laughs> that the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus are dead ends? Well, it's not clear. Um, not everyone wants the iPhone 10. I don't particularly like the iPhone 10. Uh, the, the notch, I think, is stupid, but it's more the form factor. Uh, that that for me it's too tall for the width, and and I know a lot of people who don't like who who for whom Face ID doesn't work very well. Um, they'd rather have a home button. Um, I think Apple's going to have to keep the non X phone running at least for another year. So my, my thought last year when they came out with it is that they've got the iPhone eight and the iPhone X, and sorry they're mowing the one out there, and. This year will be the iPhone 9 and the iPhone X2 because they're not going to make the iPhone. Because remember, people at Apple have said iPhone 10 and iPhone X. They've said both. Um, are they going to make the iPhone 11 as in XI? I'm thinking X2 and iPhone 9 um, before they consolidate to a single um, device next year. But perhaps that's not the case. We'll know in three weeks or so. I wonder what position Apple is in now when they're in a situation where the only way they're really growing the iPhone market is to sell the more expensive gear. Otherwise, sales are barely different. From yeah, year unit to year. sales. That's real that saturation. Yeah. That's a real X factor there. Apple has to make each sale count for more. Well, I, I think... If they're trying to move people onto the more expensive phone, it's not going to work for everyone. Um, there are a lot of people who don't want to pay a thousand pound, thousand dollars for a phone. It, uh, to me, it's ridiculous. Plus, the cost of Apple Care, um, it makes it almost as expensive as a laptop. So they're never going to convert everyone. And and if they eliminate the lower price um, options, then they're going to have a real problem that some people may not want to continue buying iPhones at that price. You know, the iPhone. X10 is a luxury iPhone compared to the others. Um, not everyone wants that or can afford that. Um, I still think the iPhone SE is, is, is a great phone. It's, it's a smaller form factor. It's inexpensive. Um, will they continue the SE? Will they continue some smaller model in the 8, 9 line? I don't know. We're, we're speculating on stuff that, you know, again, we'll find out in a few weeks. Um, but I think, as you say, unit sales aren't moving that much. In fact, I think sales have gone down in China um, because Chinese makers are doing better. So uh, maybe they're going to reduce the price of the iPhone X and whatever. Hard to, hard to know. Well, that's one thing that's interesting here. I have seen the suggestion here that what will happen 
is that the larger iPhone will become the 999 model. And today's iPhone becomes the 899 model. So this way, the people complaining that the iPhone is too expensive can now complain about a larger model. But aren't, aren't the rumors saying that there are going to be three sizes? Yes, the third uh, size would be the cheap one because that'll be the LCD. Ah, but then so you're saying that the larger, the largest, will be more expensive. Will be let's say eleven hundred. The the medium will be the same price at a thousand, and the smaller will be nine hundred. Still expensive compared to the non-X iPhone. Exactly. But we'll see what Apple does. I think so far the speculation has settled down into this range. And we know from the predictions about the iPhone X last year, even when it was called the iPhone 8, by the time we were a few weeks away from the announcement, we had it down pat. Yeah, there weren't many surprises last year. Yeah. That one they pretty much did. So we'll have to see how that particular thing works. But it sounds to me like it's a really, really, really solid prediction. It doesn't mean that people who bought new iPhone 10s this year need buy another one. Need buy another well, one. Well, that's another thing. They did have um, good sales last year, but those people aren't going to renew this year, or, or most of them aren't. I think it's fair to say that people who are going to upgrade will be those who have iPhones two or three years or older, not people who bought last year unless they're extreme power users. Or they subscribe to one of these plans where you get a brand new phone every year. That costs, of course, more money per month. And then again, here's another possibility for the next iPhone 10. iPhone 10S? You mean the, the name for this year's model? Yeah, iPhone 10S. That'd be pretty I can I couldn't hardly call it 10 too. Yeah. Because then you'd say 10 to what? iPhone 10s and the iPhone 10 plus S. And then what's the other one going to be? The iPhone 9? And then the iPhone 8 will be sold for $100 less than this year so far as the legacy model. And then there'll be the iPhone. I guess that's as old as you should go. Then the iPhone SE. What, pray tell, do they do with the iPhone SE? Yeah, it's a good question because the, the iPhone SE is, is kind of interesting because it, it it's relatively popular in markets where most people cannot afford um, an older phone. I mean, if you look now, they have five different models. They're selling the X, the 8, the 7, the 6S, and the SE. That's an awful lot to be selling at one time. Um, presumably, they'll get rid of the 6S. So would that mean they'll still sell the 7 and the 8 and the X and the X2? Would they keep the SE? That they are they are confusing the market with too many devices. Um, you remember they didn't used to do this. What did they have? The current year and the previous year, right? That was all they had. Sure, but yeah, as you say, we have. A, I tend to think if they did the eight and the nine, ten, the new ones, and then the SE as the entry level, I think that's as far as they could go. Don't you think? Well, they would have to update the SE because it hasn't been updated in a while. Um, I think having three instead of five makes a lot of sense, yeah. So, right, have the, the X2 or whatever it is instead of having the X and have the nine. And God, this, see, this is getting confusing. Remember back in the day in the 90s when they had like 50 different products for Macs with all these numbers that were very similar? Um, and, and this confuses people. So they really need to cull a lot of stuff here, I think. 
What is Apple going to do next? More to come with Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Homemakers, groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Let me remind you that if you want to support our show, the Tech Night Owl Live, join Tech Night Owl Plus. We're going to give you a version of the show free of the network ads, better quality audio, all for prices starting at just $1.49. That's Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com for more. Plus.technightowl.com. We have Kirk McElhern of Kirkville. We were talking about lots of topics here and what the next iPhones might be, Google following you and more. Now, do you have an Apple TV? I do. Don't use it very much anymore. Okay. What we're seeing here in America, and I think there's one or two partners overseas, is that pay TV services are using Apple TV 4Ks as premiums to sell their services. Yeah, I don't think any of the big pay TV things here are using the Apple TV at all. Or if they do, their apps are really terrible. Um, I don't pay for TV. 
I have over the air and uh, in fact, I just canceled Netflix. I have Amazon prime video, um, but that's about it. And so the reason I don't use the Apple TV much is I only really need it for Apple content because my TV set itself has uh, an Amazon prime app and a Netflix app. So it, it's not that interesting for me to have a device that's federating um, a whole bunch of services because I just don't have a whole bunch of services. I have Netflix. That's it. And uh... Where I am now, I don't have anything else. And there's a whole story behind that, so we won't get into it. That's our sole level of extravagance. And we have the local Uh, stations where we are. That's it. I don't know what we'll do in the future. It depends where we land. We also have the BBC iPlayer app, which which lets you rewatch not everything, but most everything that's on the BBC, which is one, two, four different channels. Um, so that is a lot of stuff. I actually don't watch it that much, but there is a lot of stuff you can watch there. Um, I canceled Netflix a few weeks ago because I found that there's not enough new content. Um, Netflix originals for the most part are crap these days. Remember in the early days, the Netflix originals would be like, Oh yeah, new edgy show and kind of good. And they're just, just crap now. Um, well, remember also the future of their, Marvel shows is questionable. And the reason it's questionable is Disney's going to start its own streaming service. So what's going to happen with Luke Cage and Daredevil yes, and but, Iron yeah, I Fist and those. Jessica Jones and Defenders? And if but you don't, don't like that stuff, which I gather you probably don't, it's not a big deal for you. Right. And so ha- that means that a lot of their original content is stuff that I simply don't care for. And of course, there's House of Cards, which That's the is, only thing. Yeah. It's the last and made, season, and right. what's happening here is Robin Wright will be the star and probably producer. We do not mention Kevin Spacey in mixed company anymore. The guy is well, he's totally persona to, non grata. He's going to be referred to in the series. What'd you say? And he's going to have to be referred to in the series. He was sure, the, the character will. until the end of the last season, if you remember. Sure. Um, my guess is it's going to open with his funeral. That's the only way they can write him out. And not have to show his face. That will be done with a fervent wish of guess what? What? That nobody will ever have to hear from Kevin Spacey again. Did, did you see his new movie opened in the States and made a gross to total of $132 at the box office? Yeah, I think that was one day. Total was $500. Oh, now, well, that's, that's I can do better than that. Hey, guys, hire me. I can do better. And then they had another movie, a Ridley Scott movie where they basically remove his entire role and cast yeah. another actor and, to play that role. Yes. Christopher Plummer. Yep. Replacing that, that, Kevin Spacey. That, that's kind of interesting that they were able to do that. That, that they had to reshoot so much, um, but that they could reshoot all. Well, the thing is here, of course, he didn't have a really big role. So I made it right. easier. Right. Obviously, stuff where he's in the same scene right next to somebody else, that has to be reshot. Yeah. And then were arguments about how much extra the actors would be paid, that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else from Kevin Spacey in the can. The one that came out is an old movie. There we go. But anyway, back to Apple TV. So I don't need an Apple TV right now. But where I used to live... I had the set that Vizio sent to review, a 4K set. It had built-in Netflix, Amazon Prime, Vudu, the major services, Hulu. 
It also worked with a mobile device so it could cast using Google Chromecast other channels. And then I was able to convert the very few movies I had with iTunes to Movies Anywhere. So I've had no need for iTunes. And now Apple TV may become a replacement set-top box for people who use Charter cable TV. They offered it as a premium for DirecTV Now, which is the all-streaming service from DirecTV, AT&T. And the way it worked, I don't think it's applicable anymore. The way it worked is that you would pay for three months in advance, which was a minimum of $35. Get yourself a free Apple TV, after which you could cancel and still have your Apple TV if you wanted. They hope possibly you'd get used to the service or forget to cancel and keep it. So that was another way. Verizon is going to have a 5G service for the home, and one of the options is an Apple TV. Now, that's one way for Apple to get more of these products into customers' homes, but they're not selling them to the cable carriers for $179 each. No, they're not. But I'm thinking that Apple is going to benefit from that. People who don't have these devices will have them and eventually buy or rent stuff from the iTunes store. So it's it's a loss leader for Apple, and it's probably a win-win for them. And when has Apple done a loss leader? When has Apple done a loss leader? Well, if you think three months free on Apple Music, in a way, that's a loss leader. I mean, it's, it's a demo, it's a trial, but it's a full-featured trial. Um, it's true, I can't really think of anything else that Apple's done. You know, every once in a while they um, they do these, well, they, they've been doing them since they bought Beats, these giveaways, sort of this time of year, buy a computer and get a free pair of Beats headphones to go back to school. Um, but it's true that the idea of a loss leader, um, but again, this is this is a different this is a different channel. They're not giving it directly to people, they're giving it to companies who are giving it to people. And right, and they get the publicity, but I'm thinking, how cheaply can they give them away? $50? What? Remember also that the cable company is spending a lot of money to acquire a customer. Yeah, but this is replacing the cable box, right? It's replacing the cable box. And remember, the cable box is going to cost several hundred dollars. Well, retail, but not to the cable company. Let's say it costs 50 bucks. Say it costs them $100. Yeah. They're still ahead so of then them. Apple can give the, the Apple TV to the company for $90. So the company's still saving money um, and replacing it. Actually, I think it's a good idea to do that. Um, the, the, uh, uh, for several years when I was in France, I had TV over ADSL. Um, they don't, cable is very rare in France. I think there's only a couple of cities like Paris and Lyon that have some cable. Uh, it's mostly satellite. But the, all the providers would provide also ca- um, TV over Internet. There's no reason why you can't do that in the States. You don't need an actual cable box. You can just have a router connected and, and then provide the, the the TV service over the Internet rather than directly over the cable. The thing about the Internet, using those things in the Internet, is bandwidth caps. We still have bandwidth caps in a lot of these ISPs. Yeah, but don't don't. I'm sure they don't count your, your TV viewing as bandwidth. If it's through their own network, no. 
Right. And that's so it. Also, what, what I assume... Previously, your cable TV viewing doesn't count. The same way that when you have a normal cable box, you're not. that's not counting towards your bandwidth. But when you're watching ESPN, that doesn't count towards your bandwidth allotment. Right. But if you would go direct TV now and you're using Comcast, it does. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Deagle, MD, AAEM, ACAM, A4M of Nutramedical.com and a consultant providing email advice free on advanced protocols for your optimized wellness and advanced technologies to heal and regenerate you. You can contact us at Nutramedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com or 888-212-8871. You get free email starter protocols of our top medical-grade nutraceuticals, initial testing, and recommendations for your own primary doctor to do, as well as recommendations to give you an idea of a consultation and a full protocol to try to help you regenerate your tissues, heal naturally without the use of toxic polypharmacy. I can send test kits to you as well anywhere in the world and provide you recommendations to referral of specialty clinics worldwide. So contact me, Dr. Bill Deagle, at Nutramedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com or 888-212-8871. 
Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Also, we see now at Cox, for example, another provider offers Netflix and some of their boxes. They also offer unlimited bandwidth for like $50 a month extra. And you think that's a lot. Well, if you're watching 4K TV every day, you use it up real fast. Yeah, still don't have caps here. At least not a normal contract. There there are low-cost contracts where there might be a cap, but they're really designed for people who just need the internet for, you know, very, very limited use. Um, but never had a cap here, never had a cap in France. Well, I know I lived in one place which was like a vacation home, and I had free internet, and they had free dish network. And the internet was in great shakes. It was like 15 megabits down, three up, which was usable. Compared to certain hotels I've been in, it was amazing. And there was no bandwidth cap, which was really nice. I can't really feel for you because I've never had a bandwidth cap. Sure. And the other thing to bear in mind is that getting 4K through Netflix or Amazon is overstated. It's so heavily compressed that it's not much better than watching HD content scaled up on your TV set. You won't notice the difference unless you look real close or have a really, really big screen. However, from what I, I can't get 4K content from Apple because my bandwidth isn't high enough, but apparently um, uh, 4K from Apple is not compressed like, um, like Amazon and Netflix because they don't do that kind of adaptive streaming. When you're downloading the 4K, you're downloading the whole 4K movie. Well, you're technically streaming it because you can't save it, so it's not downloading in the same sense, but it's not recompressed. Well, if it's a better quality product, sure, I'd love to see it. I think for most people, they won't care. Most people don't. No, not going to make a big deal for them. It's like, I think high-end audio, other than for really rich people or hobbyists, is mostly dead now, isn't it? Well, there's still a a thriving audiophile market, but it's become such a luxury pursuit. Um, Recently, I saw an ad. uh, I, I have a thing called i subscribe to a thing called readly which is it's the netflix of magazines so i get access to 2000 magazines there's about 30 that i leaf through every month it's eight pounds a month that's about ten dollars one of them is stereophile which is the high-end audio magazine and recently there was an ad for a forty thousand dollar turntable i am not surprised i remember the twenty thousand dollar turntables 30 years ago so that $20,000 $20,000 turntable is what, 50000 now? Yeah, but th- these kind of prices are the norm now. They were the exception back then. They were rare. 
now things that are, you know, you can't look at something in a magazine like that at under $5,000. That's what it caters to. Yeah. No, it, it's a small market. And, and I know someone who has a website that, that, that caters to it, computeraudiofile.com. Um, it is a, a, a vocal market, the people who are involved. But I think it's extremely small and I think it's shrinking. You know, most people don't even have stereos at home. When we were younger in the 70s and the 80s, everyone had a stereo at home. Even if they weren't real music fans, they had a stereo. It's just what you did. Um, and, and then there was a period, if you remember, when lots of people got tricked into buying a 5.1 surround sound system and then found it was too much of a hassle to wire and set up. And people don't do that anymore. Um, now you have a sound bar, so you can have a single device and get relatively decent sound for your TV and movies. Um, but people just, they're, they're not... They don't care that much about music anymore, even though probably people listen to more music than ever with streaming services. But they don't tend to care too much about the audio quality. Not anymore. And those who do, they'll buy for their TV set a cheap soundbar. Yep. Vizio has a couple of really great ones for like 100 or $150. And they may not seem like great shakes, but they make a world of a difference for the TV set because they make the set so thin that the audio quality is suffers greatly. Of course, what I do with my iMac is I have that Boom 3D add-on. Yeah. And what I do is I turn up bass boost, and that's it. The only adjustment I make is bass boost. But that's sufficient to give it a little bit of a, a little bit of a extra heft. Yeah, but it's still not really good quality audio. Of course not. It's putting an external... Speaker system. The reason I started doing that is one of the places I lived in, because I had a laser printer, not a cheap laser, not a big laser printer, just a cheap brother. Whenever the printer would be powering up, it would knock out the power. And therefore, I had the choice of either not print or use my Bose speaker system. So I turned off the Bose and allowed the printer to print. And I added Boom 3D. And just forgot to put the bows back on and realized it didn't matter that much. Because well, it matter, It matters, but it's in a storage area now. So when we get to a new place, if I'll probably try it again. I'll try it. I'd like to have better quality audio. I know Apple yeah. obviously is interested in that. The new MacBook Pros have better quality audio than the previous models. The very expensive iMac Pro has better quality audio than the regular iMac. So they care. Yeah, but internal speakers in a computer are never going to sound as good as, you know, any decent quality external speakers. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. But they won't blow out your your fuse box or something or your circuit breaker. They won't well, make I, circuit Well, I think that's the thing that, like, printers draw a huge amount of power at the moment yes. they start up, right? It's very brief. They, they have to, like, fill up the capacitors or something. I'm not sure how it works, but I've heard people in the past who had problems when they went to print that things could blow like that. That's exactly when it does it. When it's for powering up, getting ready to print the documents, it would blow the power. And I just gave up on it. I said, you know, I, I want to print this document. I have to make sacrifices. Yep. And that was the sacrifice I had to make. What else could I do? So I did. I don't know. 
There we go. Okay. So we're going to see new Macs this fall, of course, probably a new iMac, I guess, and something replacing the MacBook and the MacBook Air. Well, there's talk about a Retina MacBook Air, and it's about time because it's, I believe it's the last Apple laptop that's not Retina. That's right. Um, and there's also a story that Apple is going to take the Mac Mini and make it more of a professional device. And I mentioned that, that HP equivalent, that's a workstation computer. I said, Apple should do this. And maybe Apple is listening to me. They're going to take the Mac Mini and make it a more powerful, more expensive device, probably with more upgradable options. Probably they can do there is make it like a mini iMac Pro without the display. Yeah, really, really powerful guts, very good for data centers and such. Who knows? Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of the stuff that you do? You can find me at Kirkville.com, where I write about Macs and all sorts of things. You can listen to my podcast, um, The Next Track, which is about music at thenexttrack.com, and Photoactive, which is about photography in the Apple ecosystem at photoactive.co. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you like alkaline water or know someone that does, you're going to love the Dillon Living Water Bottle. It creates alkaline water on the go while reducing plastic waste and saving you money. Made with surgical-grade stainless steel, the Dillon Bottle increases the pH up to 9 to deliver both alkaline and antioxidant water anywhere you want it. Alkaline water is healthier, tastes better, and can even boost energy. The Dillon Bottle makes it easy and affordable to be healthy and achieve optimal hydration. Get your Dillon Bottle today at dyln.co. That's dyln.co. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN.
Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So I have to tell you before we get started here with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer that we had a whale of a time making a Skype connection. I think ever since Skype was updated to this new design, it has only gotten worse. In fact, most of the conversation for the past 10 minutes has been like that guy, Paul, who used to work for Verizon. Can you hear me now? (laughs) At the Mac Observer, we switched to Discord for our daily podcasts. I have to work that out. I have to find a way to do that. Group conversations, but also getting people to use it. And that's another thing. Otherwise, we'll have Discord. Indeed. Tim Cook insists that iOS and macOS shall remain separate. They will not get married. So what's the story? Why do we want there to be some kind of convergence? We've had this discussion for quite a while. The issue keeps coming up, and it was... The fuel was put on the fire by Mark Gurman back in December when he talked about a project that he learned about at Apple called Marzipan that attempts to bring into coherence the user interface and APIs of apps on Mac OS and iOS. You know, iOS is a fork of Mac OS, but over time, because it was designed for an iPad environment, a touch environment, and ARM processors, my understanding is, is there have been some mild changes along the way 
in such a way that if you are a developer and you want to build for a Mac, you have to use one set of frameworks. And if you want to build for an iPad, you have to build for another. So you build two separate apps, one for ARM and iOS and one for Intel and Mac OS. And as a result, it's a lot of aggravation for developers to build two different apps and for two for two different interface environments and two different processors. So Marzipan project appears to be Apple's effort to bring coherence at the source code level so that you can build once and target wherever you want. If you target for an iPad, it's for touch surface. If you target for Mac, it's for trackpad and mouse. And that way you build one, you, you maintain one source code for your app and then target where you want to deploy. Well, because people don't, or some people don't understand the difference between API level and, and the operating system core level, they took that to mean that Apple was merging the operating systems. And so I wrote an article the other day about how that's a different thing. That's a horse of a different color. You know, we have the Unixy power of Mac OS 10, Mac OS now. Uh, we can access the shell with a terminal window. It's got lots of demons running. Whereas iOS for security has a lot more restrictions. Rich Mogul told me that it's the most secure mobile OS on the planet. And I believe that. But as Apple has had to open up some things with iOS and make things more possible for developers to draw from different resources and different apps, data sources for more creativity, that's that's it's opened the door a little bit, but it's also created some minor problems for security. And so um, we wouldn't want to merge the two operating systems where we had the restrictions of iOS and lost the power of Mac OS X and its Unix flavor and being able to do all the things we can do, you know, run Java, run NetBeans, run X Windows if we want to, run servers, get access to the terminal shell window. And so it would be a very bad idea to merge the two operating systems at the lowest level. But that doesn't mean we can't have source code compatibility for our apps and developers. Two different things. Well, you see, anytime they try to manage this stuff, they don't understand, they don't try to understand. It's like, for example, getting a clue from the supply chain. Oh, Apple cut back from one supplier. Oh, my God, sales have collapsed. Right. You know, as you recall, when the iPad first shipped, it didn't even have an NTP server. Apple stripped out every demon that it could possibly strip out that didn't need it to be running. As a result, the Mac, the uh, original iPad's clock drifted badly a few minutes a week, as I recall, maybe five minutes a month. So later versions of iOS you know, folded these things back in as the batteries became more powerful and the operating system became more refined. But uh, you wouldn't want to think, even think about trying to merge those two operating systems. And I think that's what Tim Cook was talking about when he was interviewed by the Sydney Morning Herald the other day. He talked about how we don't believe in, in watering down one for the other. But, you know, the vision of being able to someday run an iOS app in a window on your Mac and operate it with the touchpad, the trackpad on your MacBook Pro, that's kind of cool. That would be really neat. Developers would love that. I suppose we have to see where Apple's going to do. I think the corollary discussion is, will Apple switch to ARM processors for Macs? 
I don't know if we talked about this the last time I was on the show, but uh, that does create a bit of a problem um, with virtual machines and running Windows. Um, I suspect, although I don't have a, a technical source on this, but I suspect that uh, if Apple were to switch to ARM processors, they would implement some sort of Rosetta-like environment and hardware such that the ARM processor could execute an Intel instruction set, and you'd have virtual machine hardware, so you'd still be able to run apps like Parallels and run Windows and a virtual machine on your ARM Mac. That's assuming Apple can solve technical issues and the ARM processors are fast enough and cool enough. That would be an interesting challenge. I'd love to be involved in that. Okay, I'm interested in this. This is getting... It could be something interesting or very complicated, which is, of course, the emulation. So obviously, if you have a Mac on ARM, it's got to obviously offer performance comparable or better to Intel natively. Then you've got to deal with the older apps and you've got to deal with the customer base. I don't know how big that is, what percentage it is, who like the Macs with Intel because they could run boot camp and they could run virtual machines. So if Apple is going to offer an ARM-based Mac, they're going to have to figure out how, number one, the emulation will be handled, which I assume is not going to be a big deal. But what do you do in terms of performance of the emulation? Can they make this processor so fast that even the loss of emulating Intel won't be enough to cause serious problems? Well, remember when Mac OS X first shipped on early Macs, it was pretty sluggish. Um, Eventually, Apple got around to using uh, special techniques to improve the graphics handling. But, you know, the early days of Mac OS X on Apple hardware were pretty sorry and took it took several iterations. It wasn't until maybe, oh, I don't know, somewhere around Lion that things got really, really good. Well, you, originally they didn't even have hardware acceleration of screen graphics. Right. They didn't have vector processor in invocation. In right. If they could run Intel commands through the Metal 2 graphics... I don't know. Maybe a highly threaded multiprocessor ARM CPU could uh, could uh, emulate an Intel processor with acceptable speed. Well, maybe I, Apple could license things. They can make a deal for Intel to build, to fabricate the ARM chips that run in Macs, and also license certain functions from Intel. So Intel's making money off this deal. Well, you know, and, and also, that's a good thought. And also, we've seen uh, Macs now that have supplemental ARM processors. I believe there is a s- small ARM processor in the touch bar of the MacBook Pro. Right. I believe there's one in the uh, iMac Pro that does some supplemental work. Um, what would keep Apple from putting both ARM and Intel processors into their machines in the early days? during the transition, maybe, and you'd run the iOS apps on ARM and you'd run your normal macOS apps on Intel. Maybe. Wouldn't, wouldn't be cheap. We've got more to come with John Martellaro. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company.
What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Max on arm? Time will tell. Amazon Fire TV Edition. Now, this is basically a TV set with Fire TV built in, right? Right. Roku is on sets from certain manufacturers. Others include Google. So can this Amazon Fire TV Edition do what Apple could not? Well, Apple is still helping to sell separate Apple TVs, not embed itself in another TV maker. I don't know why Apple hasn't done that. It seemed like a sensible partnership kinds of things companies do with each other to promote their products. Like CarPlay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why Apple hasn't done that. Well, you know, we had this discussion years ago, most notably Gene Munster. I thought he had some intel. I had him on my background mode show, and he talked about how he had some pretty good intel from the supply chain suggesting that Apple had started the idea of building their own TV. Maybe they did some experiments, some prototypes, maybe some tested out some production issues and things like that. And that led Gene to think that Apple's going to produce a TV. But by and by, the community kind of felt like Apple didn't really need to be in the TV business, a kind of a cutthroat business. So um, Apple kind of steered away from that idea. But um, what we've got is we've got smart TVs with operating systems that are you know, a bit suspect in many ways. I've seen articles about how Consumer Reports did some testing of the security of some TVs and they found some problems. I don't want to get into details because I don't remember enough of the article to be specific. But when you you build a TV, you're an expert on television display technology. You're not an expert on operating systems that are secure on the internet. And so when you roll out something like Tizen or android as a smart tv os you've got to be really good and cover your bases in terms of security and people trust echo they trust amazon they like the company and so they've been accustomed to using their echoes for a long time and they kind of know their way around them so it was perfectly natural for amazon to put an alexa slash echo system into their TVs and and use it to promote Amazon Prime and use it to promote home automation and entertainment. Let me just give you the information that you've been asking about. It's Mm -hmm. very interesting to mention now. Consumer Reports did an article that's posted on their site in February. And the basic article is summarized in the opening paragraph. Consumer Reports has found that millions of smart TVs can be controlled by hackers exploiting easy-to-find security flaws. The problems affect Samsung televisions, along with models made by TCL and other brands that use the Roku TV smart TV platform, as Mm -hmm. well as streaming devices such as the Roku Ultra. It's Roku's fault. We think of Roku as being, hey, the best one out there. But obviously, there are problems. 
And Roku, any set that incorporates Roku has a problem. On the other hand, the Vizio TV, which uses Chromecast, no problem. I say that because I have the Vizio. And Apple TV with tvOS is pretty secure. It's always um, a decision, a tough decision to make about operating a smart TV and putting its operating system on the Internet uh, through Wi-Fi on your home. Uh, One practice I suggest is to use an Apple TV connected to your 4K TV or your high-definition TV. Turn off the Wi-Fi on the TV and just treat it as as a dumb monitor. And let TVOS be exposed to the Internet. Probably a better bet. Well, with the Vizio, I do have it wired to an Ethernet connection. All right, it's not Wi-Fi. But Vizio, when you set up the set, and I think anything with the Google platform, sets up a bunch of agreements. And if you turn off things that might result in your watching behavior being monitored, you're probably a lot safer. Right. But what I wanted to talk about with this Apple thing was that, um, as I noted in my article, Amazon has the liberty to try things. They're a very mass market consumer focused company. They understand their customers. They've got lots of data from Echo and Alexa about what customers like and need. They've sold TVs themselves from other companies for a long time. They understand the market. They can experiment with something like this. And if the, if the, Fire TV Edition, which is the TV plus Fire TV inside, if that were to fail in the marketplace is is an experiment that didn't go right, Amazon could discontinue it, no questions asked, and people would go, all right, well, no big deal. I'll buy my I'll buy my LG or my Vizio or my Sony or whatever. Now it's interesting if Apple, Amazon failed with their smartphone. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned that in the article, and they might well fail with this TV. Uh, they're doing some things right. Um, they're working with Best Buy so people can go into the store and touch it and see how it looks. Try it out with Alexa. See how that goes. Um, but they're also Next doing week, what will happen is Amazon will buy Best Buy. <laughs> the, the specs I saw uh, at Amazon site don't suggest HDR. It uses HDMI 2.0 instead of 2.0a. That's a giveaway that it's not an HDR TV, and nowhere is HDR mentioned in the specs. So I thought that was an interesting decision. But nevertheless, Amazon could fail with this TV, and it would be a blip, not even the tiniest blip on their revenues. But for Apple to come out with a TV and ballyhoo it and talk about how they've solved some problems and done integration and everything, and it didn't sell, and Apple had to kill it, there would be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Oh, Apple failed. So Amazon has the liberty to try things like this that Apple really doesn't because of the different business models of the two companies. And that's okay. That's okay. So what do you think here? Should Apple be building the entire widget with a TV or just offer Apple TV for the streaming section? The problem is here is the normal TV interface is... eh. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I think I've always thought that Apple should approach some of the big TV manufacturers and say, hey, look, we've got this fabulous system, this secure, highly secure operating system, tvOS, that is a sibling of iOS, which is very secure and has lots of capability. And let's sit down and talk about what your needs are, what kind of 
customer interface you want to have and features and what apps you want to have. And we'll work with you and we'll fold an Apple TV system into your TV and you can tout the quality and the security of uh, Apple's tvOS and the, the quality of your display and we'll have a great partnership. I also often thought Apple should do that. I don't know why. Well, the thing here is if Apple is controlling the operating system, the front-facing features, even setting up the picture, would be done by Apple. Well, that's true. The TV makers don't like to give up control. That's one of the reasons why Samsung initially blinked at the prospect of HDR because of the, the HDR technology required Samsung to give up a little bit of control over how they manage the the technology of the picture display, and they didn't like that. So they're pushing their own HDR10 Plus technology in partnership with Panasonic. I don't think the HDR10 Plus is going anywhere, whereas Dolby Vision has certainly taken off, and all the other manufacturers have embraced Dolby Vision, even Sony, which was initially kind of in the Samsung camp and then saw the light of day and decided to switch over to Dolby Vision. So that's interesting. Um, I do notice in looking at Netflix stuff on the Vizio's TV set that most of the 4K stuff says Dolby Vision now. So I assume they're moving more towards Dolby Vision. That would be it. I want to tell you a story, though. This is interesting, and maybe we'll go into our next segment about it. So I live in a place here where I have one choice of ISP. And the reason is because it's wired by CenturyLink, which is the second largest provider. You have Cox, which has gigabit here, by the way, and 300 megabits if you don't have the gigabit. And you have CenturyLink, which offers like 80 or 100 a gigabit. I don't know if they're ever going to do it here. So CenturyLink wired this apartment complex. And Cox wires others. This, this is a way of getting exclusivity because now you can't get the other company. And the reason I mention this is they also offer DirecTV. Now, this is complicated, but if you're an AT&T customer, you know what I'm talking about. And we'll get back to the TV this way on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. 
Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. So what happens here, John Martellaro, is that because CenturyLink wired the place, you can get CenturyLink for your internet, CenturyLink if you want standard plain old telephone service, POTS, nothing to do with what they sell in Colorado. And if you want TV, you have Prism TV, which is a service, an internet kind of based service a VoIP kind of TV service that AT&T has been offering called Uverse, which they're phasing out now that they have DirecTV. So CenturyLink offers DirecTV. It's all wired for it. Each building in this apartment complex has... You now? No, DirecTV. They have a satellite on top of every building. Oh. And they have a wiring junction, a wiring harness, amplifiers, whatever it's needed. And anybody who lives there can get DirecTV without having to have a separate satellite. It's oh, built into cool. the system. What it means is you can't get Dish Network. I don't know how that works, because theoretically it's against the law to block satellite TV provider, unless, of course, there's no way to put the satellite dish on there for some reason. But It's probably because it's privately owned by the landlord, and he can set up any system he wants. Yeah, well, yeah, but even then, they, I think they have to allow it. But here, it doesn't matter. You get DirecTV or Prism if you want, even though it's being phased out. You get DirecTV. Like I said, it's not DirecTV now. It's fed through a real satellite system. You get the same Genie remote, the Genie DVR and remotes and everything. Now, here's the weirdness. You know, we're talking about complexities and stupidity, and you see a lot of that in the way TV interfaces are made. DirecTV offers 4K, but you need two TV sets for it. And the reason is you need two DVRs. You need a Genie, which is your standard DVR, which is an excellent one. Very good one, by the way. I ever use a Genie? It's one yeah, of the best I have ones. One. I okay. have a 44, but I think you need a 54 for 4K. But you then need the Mini 4K. You need two appliances to get 4K on one set, which means you have to have two TVs. You have to hook it up to two TV sets so that one will get 4K. You know, I don't think that's a problem. I can tell you why. Why? 4K is an internet thing. 4K and HDR is an internet thing. The broadcast system, 
the ATSC system, the towers, the television studios, the cameras, all that equipment that's been upgraded to high definition. It's an HD world in the broadcast world. And when you take that 1080p picture out of your DVR and you run it into a good TV with a scaler, it's going to upscale the 1080p to 2160p, and it's going to look awfully good. You're going to have to be really good at observing the smallest differences between original 4K content and 2K content from a DirecTV DVR that's been upscaled to 4K. I can see the difference, but I imagine there's some people who can't, and it's very subtle. And so my strategy has been to go 4K first with the Apple TV 4K, and then let the rest of the industry come along later. It'll take years. And maybe this summer I'll buy a 4K Blu-ray player with Dolby Vision Phase 2. So I'll have two out of the three triad. And one of these days when DirecTV replaces my dish or replaces the cabling or replaces the DVR and I can do plain old you know, 4K TV without any silliness from DirecTV, then I'll do it. But I expect that to be three or four years away. And it doesn't bother me at all because when I watch 1080p television on DirecTV on a 4K display, it looks really good. So I'm not sweating it. You know where I see the interesting difference in 4K scaling and real 4K, and I agree with you, the difference isn't that big. I see genuine 4K on Netflix. And remember, the streamers are using a heavier degree of compression. H.265. Right. HEVC. But still, they're using heavier compression so you get more artifacts, so it's not as good as it could be. So the difference is only from the HDR, which is a difference that you can see. Now, mm-hmm. the otherwise, what I see is the actor's hair is distinctively crisper looking, shinier. You get to see <laughs> the colors of the hair differently you mean with and HDR? More with just the 4K upscaling. Oh, oh. The example of this. In the TV show Blue Bloods, we know that Don Wahlberg has, a, has very thin hair. And it looks like a black m- mess on his head on a normal HD TV set with upscaling, 4K upscaling. And you see real 4K from Blue Bloods on Netflix. You see his hair is like dark brown. And it looks like hair, not just some kind of dark mesh up there. <laughs> that's a difference. I mean, that's a real difference that you can see. I noticed it immediately. I'm seeing something better there. I agree with you, though, that if the upscaling is done properly on a 4K set, the difference is not that much. It's very slight. Yes. And you have to look closely to see it. Obviously, the HDR is different. It's, you know, better. But... Otherwise, the difference is not significant. And how many sets have HDR? The cheaper ones, the really cheap ones still don't. They will, like, next week or something. Let's get past that, okay? Apple needs to do something with Apple TV. Because I've not even used mine since December. Because I have I Netflix. That. I have Netflix on my TV set. And I'm not really invested that heavily in Apple's ecosystem as far as movies are concerned. Anyway. Number three. We have a list of six items he wants to talk about. I don't think we'll get to all of them. Apple's unusual situation with its struggling HomePod. So the question is here about the HomePod, and I talked with 
Peter Cohen about this too. Is the HomePod really suffering or are we getting bogus messages from the supply chain again? Well, uh, in the case of the article I wrote, I did not use supply chain rumors. I used a very good source, which is always Mark Gurman from Bloomberg Technology. And he reports from sources that the sales are not as strong as Apple had hoped. But of course, no company is ever happy with its sales. But I took that as a launching point to discuss the idea of Apple's vision and its design of the HomePod. From what I can understand from my reading, the HomePod was in progress years ago, and Apple's vision was a pretty cool speaker system, high-quality sound, driven by Siri. Siri was in kind of an immature state then. So many, only so many things you could do with Siri at the time. Meanwhile, Amazon had 5,000 engineers working for four years on Echo and sprang it on the world a few years ago. Kind of caught Apple by surprise, and this home intelligent speaker system uh, and Alexa really took the world by storm and just sort of did an orthogonal vector off away from what Apple had been envisioning. And so Apple decided to go ahead with its own vision of the HomePod in a world where people were focused on Amazon and Echo and Alexa. And that's created a bit of a sort of a, a marketing issue with Apple, in my mind. If, if, you, if you are a subscriber to what Apple's trying to do and you're happy with the limitations and you're happy with what Siri can, can and cannot do, and your focus is sound, that's great. One reader told me he had three of them and in his house and was very happy with the sound quality. But the trouble is, is that the media kind of focuses on the differences in them from an intelligent speaker standpoint. Apple has to decide whether it's going to stay the course or whether it's going to, and maybe suffer a little bit, or whether it's going to, you know, think about HomePod 2.0, bolster Siri, compete in the marketplace of intelligent speaker systems as well, and make it not only the world's greatest home sound system, but the world's greatest intelligent speaker system. We're going to have the world's greatest commercials, or maybe <laughs> not. More to come with John and Gene on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com.
Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. Get relief for your neck or back pain when you search Amazon for sunshine pillows, heating wraps, and pads, often listed as an Amazon choice. Why take another pill? Now, from Sunny Bay and by customer demand, we introduce our extra long neck heating wrap, a complete wrap, wide and hands-free, and brings fast relief to those who suffer from neck or back pain. You can easily find sunshine pillows on Amazon. Or search Amazon for our new Sunny Bay disposable heat pads. Or look for Sunny Bay heated neck wraps for relief from back pain to menstrual pain and cramps. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. See why our company, Biomed DB Design, has a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Just go to Amazon.com and search Sunny Bay or call us 253-678-1361. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Okay, so... Obviously, the HomePod is not the world's greatest audio system, though it has some pretty good ideas in it. And I think part of the complaint is it's got a Beats-like audio character, a little bit bassy. And I think they need to switch that. They need to have a change. Like, for example, I'm using the Boom 3D to enhance my iMax audio. And I can give it bass boosts if I want it. 
Apple ought to be able to have something there where you can say Siri, normal base. Right. I think Jeff Gamet's talked about that. Well, you know, good bass is a hallmark of a quality sound system because so many of these little Bluetooth speakers are so tinny and high-pitched and weak on the bass because of the way the speakers are designed. They're small and there's no room for a low-frequency uh, driver. So I think Apple wanted to telegraph to the customer right away, hey, look, listen to the glorious bass. This is something you don't get in normal speaker systems. But you can normal fix desktop, that. Normal. You can fix that, though, yeah. if you want to use the music from iTunes or Apple Music, you have EQ settings. But for anything else, you don't. Whereas if Apple would simply offer a simple EQ setting, and maybe you don't want that enhanced space, you want something flatter. You want fidelity. There's an adjustment, for example, in the Boom 3D software called Fidelity. And that's supposed to provide a more natural balance. I selected bass boost because there is no bass on a regular iMac. So it pushes it a little bit over the edge, but it's better than it should be. More. I predict at WWDC there'll be a major upgrade to the HomePod. And Apple's been thinking seriously for the last five or six months about how they can improve the HomePod. I think you'll see AirPlay 2. I think you'll see control over the base. I think you'll see a much better Siri portfolio of capabilities. I think you may see a, a, a version that's less expensive, that sacrifices a little bit of sound, but uh, is more affordable. I think you're going to see a lot of changes. The HomePod's going to evolve. Look how watchOS was kind of dorky at the beginning. watchOS 1.0 was um, pretty sorry wasn't until watchOS 2 and 3 that we got the dock and you know, really enjoyed using our watches. Uh, there's a lot of work to do, be done on the HomePod, and I think Apple recognizes that. And I'm looking forward to uh, lots of changes. I, I did not buy one because it didn't make a big impression on me. It didn't solve a problem that I had. Uh, I've got a pretty good sound system myself already set up, and I didn't see the value of spending $349 out of my own pocket but uh, that could change sometime mid-year. Well, a new software update will certainly make a difference. Let's get to another topic here. 2019 brings the long-awaited successor to the trash can. I mean the Mac Pro. <laughs> I'm talking to you on one. <laughs> All right. It's a glorious computer, by the way. It's perfect for a writer. Be that as it may. Mac Pro, what new ideas are making Apple take so long to come up with this new version? For a long time, Apple had a blurry idea about what constituted a Pro machine. The Pro machines were just a little bit more expensive. They were still affordable. It was almost like Apple was saying, yeah, if you want to stretch a little bit, you can afford a Pro computer. And so it had more memory, faster processor, more cores, more threads, higher quality graphics, but only by a little bit. So you pay 30% more and you get a pro machine. And then the focus was on design, outward case design of the MacBooks. And so what other companies did who were competing with Apple during the Mac hiatus from 2014 to 2016 was they were going for the high-tech, high-performance crowd, especially Hewlett-Packard. 
and they were building notebook computers, Z-books. They were a little thicker, maybe uh, a little bit more hefty fan, more memory, 32 gigabytes, not easy, 64 possible, high-performance machines. And along the way, another thing happened. It used to be, remember years ago, you used to say, no, no matter how good the hardware is on the Windows side, you would, you would blanch at the idea of having Windows on your computer. No, no, no. You got to buy, you got to buy a Unix system. We don't hear that so much anymore. Nowadays, Windows 10 has really good security. Rich, Rich Mogul was on my show and told me about that. Windows 10 might be different, but different doesn't mean inferior. It just means you have to get used to it. And Microsoft has come a long way with, with Windows. And Windows 10 is at the point now where you can seriously think about saying, I've got serious number crunching work to be done. I can live with Windows 10. I can live with its security. I can run my apps on it, and I can get the great hardware that I want. And that's the business proposition Hewlett-Packard has been making. And while Apple was kind of stuck with thin, thin, thinner, cool-looking, but maybe not the kinds of machines that technical and creative professionals felt like had a really good payoff for them, and they were willing to pay some serious money because often it's, it's the institution, it's the organization that pays for these high-performance devices, not personal not, not people out of their own pocket. So Apple kind of got the message and came out with the iMac Pro, $5,000. Now, now, not many people who are just, you know, paying their taxes and writing letters to grandma can afford one of those, right? So here's a, here's a world-class, top-end, high-performance, no limitations or few limitations machine for 5000 for starters. And if you want some serious, serious augmentation, you're looking at seven, eight, nine thousand dollars So Apple got the message that professionals don't want any performance compromises. They don't care too much how the device looks, although they don't mind if it looks sexy, cool, technical. But they're willing to pay substantially more because their institution, their organization is going to pay for it. It's like the days of the, of the Sun workstations, the Silicon Graphics workstations. Nobody went out and bought an SGI IRIX for home. But you walk into a research institution, National Laboratory, you'd find these Unix workstations that cost $10,000 on all the engineers' desks because the organizations bought them. So that's why I think Apple's 2019 Mac Pro is going to follow that trend. It's not going to be like the 2013 Mac Pro where you could buy the low-end one that I did for you know, $2,500 you are not going to be able to afford this 2019 Mac Pro. It's going to be for Oak Ridge National Laboratory and for Boeing and, and pharmaceutical companies and research labs and universities and astrophysicists doing galactic simulations. And it's going to cost more because it's the top-of-the-line Mac. And even though it doesn't have a display, it's going to have some features and some computational horsepower that make it uniquely suited to the needs of technical professionals. And this workflow team that they're developing is designed to give Apple feedback on where the bottlenecks are. And they're going to develop the hardware to eliminate these bottlenecks. And that might mean massively parallel multiprocessing, the capability of a terabyte of RAM like Hewlett-Packard's Z workstations have. Imagine a terabyte of RAM in your computer. Imagine paying for it. We've got more to pay for here on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. If you're young and healthy, you don't need life insurance, right? Yeah, that's what I used to think, too, until my brother died at 38. Joe left his wife with two kids, a mortgage, and a stack of bills she couldn't pay. Mary had to sell the house and move everybody into this tiny two-bedroom apartment just to make ends meet. I never want to do that to my wife, so I got life insurance. I called AIG Direct and was really surprised how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. Listen, if you have a family, you should seriously think about getting life insurance. You'll feel a lot better having it, trust me. Call AIG Direct for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you could save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-910-7981. That's 1-800-910-7981. 1-800-910-7981. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly, because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. 
Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. You know, there is an Intel 28-core processor, a Xeon, that's available that allows you to incorporate you know, a terabyte of RAM. It costs $10,000 just for the processor. But, you know, the point being here is every time someone has to sit and wait for the computer to catch up with them, it costs the company money. That's right, and it limits the design of your of your solution, too. Some of these uh, N log N or N squared problems suggest to you that you'll have to make software compromises because based on the machine that you're using also just for example a movie special effects studio they have to wait for it to render an 8k Mm -hmm. stream because remember now they're not just using 4k anymore they have 8k cameras out there to make blockbuster films you want to make a 300 million dollar blockbuster and you have to keep rendering and re-rendering to do the special effects you save time on that and you get the film out faster, and you meet deadlines, or if you have to do a reshoot, it doesn't cost I, as much. I think the entry point for the 2019 Mac Pro is going to be seventy nine ninety five, and it's going to go up from there. What do you if think you it's going to look like? Around, is it going to look like a traditional artists. tower computer, or, or something circular, or what? Is it going to look like a big bathtub? Depends on the heat profile. The Macs have typically gone you know, from cooler air to warmer air upwards. So you might have to maintain a tower environment for a convective heat flow, minimize the fan noise and the fan the number of fans. Well, they must have uh, some ideas from the iMac Pro. Yeah, maybe some ideas from the cheese grater or Mac Pro of 2005 era too as well. That was a glorious machine. I had a 2009 Mac Pro cheese grater before my current Mac Pro. So if this new Mac Pro is going to cost that much money, then where are we in the Mac universe with a headless Mac to replace the one that we had before? I think a 2019 Mac Pro that's fundamentally different and more expensive and caters to the technical creative professionals strongly suggests that Apple needs to come out with a next-generation Mac Mini headless Mac Sort of like the Hewlett Packard Z2 Mini, which I wrote about and people were raving about and writing me and said, can I put Mac OS on this, John? This is such a cool computer. I've been talking about that for a long time myself, that that is a great model for Apple to look at in designing a Mac Mini that it can be really cheap, like it is now, five $600, and mm-hmm. then make it possible to add much more powerful hardware and come up with a $3,000 version, if necessary, with an entry-level Xeon. 
Yeah, I was talking about that in my article. Uh, wouldn't it be cool to have this kind of like sleek black um, box with some curvy features and some blue lights and a quad-core Xeon and 64 gigabytes of RAM and a two terabyte SSD and a high level graphics card, you know, for 1500 bucks and plug your beautiful Hewlett Packard or Dell monitor into it with the display port. That'd be, that'd be awesome. And it would be a way for Apple to reignite and re-excite the, the Macintosh market because uh, not everybody wants to buy an iMac with a built-in display. They may have their own ideas about what displays they want to use. Like I have a Hewlett Packard display that I love. And I'm up a Jacobian without a determinant when it comes to my next Mac <laughs> because I want to keep this Hewlett-Packard display. So when my 2013 Mac Pro dies, I'm going to need a headless Mac, and I won't be able to afford a Mac Pro. So I don't know what I'm going to do without a, a new Mac Mini. Please, Apple, please. Are you listening? <laughs> Instead of a Mini, me, a Mini Mac. Mini Mac. Apple's field trip education event used an obsolete formula. Wait a minute here. You thought Apple's trying to make a big thing here about reinvigorating their educational initiative? What happened? What happened? Well, it used to be in older days, you had the education systems guru, and he was sort of in charge of purchasing, and he had enough money to buy what he needed. And the administrative profile may vary a little bit, but typically you had the Mac guru or the IT gurus in the school, and they would get excited about Mac technology, and they'd see an event like WWDC keynote, or there'd be some educational event, and they'd discover the, the glories of iPads and have a personal vision for how this could fit in with the curriculum, and they'd have discussion with the principals and the assistant principals and the teachers about how this could, you know, meet the curriculum requirements. And they would show a presentation based on what they saw from Apple and everybody go great. And then they'd go out and spend a lot of money on iPads or in, the, in previous times, iBooks for the schools. But over time, things have changed. Schools have become more strapped for money. The, the authority of the Mac guru has been uh, diluted Google has been very aggressive in, in providing software solutions and low-cost Chromebooks for schools that meet the pedagogical requirements, have built-in keyboards that, in concert with the school's teaching needs and curriculum, you know, gives them what they need, teaches kids to type on a real keyboard at an early age so that they're ready for high school and college. And it's much more difficult now for schools to just say, well, we're going to go out and spend $100,000 on a thousand iPads or MacBooks, Airs. It's just out of reach. And so when Apple came out with an event like they did in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, where they tried to get everybody all excited and all jazzed and and then um, didn't come out with an iPad that was substantially cheaper, that was just of this new iPad is $329. They're selling it to schools for $299. Still a little on the expensive side, especially if you want to add Apple Care, even at a volume purchase, and an Apple Pencil, and a case or something to protect it. You're looking at four or $500. And that's just something the schools can't, most schools can't handle. And I, I talked to one educator who was on my podcast a while back, and she said they have a 
sort of small mini lab where they have parts. And if a student breaks a keyboard, they just repair the Chromebook on the spot. I've had other readers tell me that uh, when the Chromebook uh, breaks, they just throw it away. Everything's on the Internet. So the student just gets a new Chromebook and logs back onto their account, and they continue where they left off. So this education mindset, education finances, education tools, education curriculum, and pedagogical requirements have changed so much that it just doesn't make sense anymore for Apple to come out with a big splash and show off something that's really sexy and cool and their own personal vision about education and expect massive following by educators to change the way they're going, change their, their path. All they want is cheap and cheaper. They don't have the money anymore. Why do you have so many teachers walking out of classrooms and staging right. strikes to get a living wage? Yeah, yeah. So this, this, what Apple's does is cool, and, and it's, it's a vision of the future for education, but it's got to be done in a methodical way. It can't be a one-time splash. Apple has to understand that schools... Students need less expensive MacBook Airs, something I've, been, something I've been complaining about for years. I mean, the MacBook Air has got such economies of scale now from production that Apple ought to be able to re-engineer it and use the same parts that they've been using, figure out how to develop a, 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 an 11-inch MacBook Air for schools for $400, $450 instead of $1,000. My wife has told me she's a teacher that um, MacBooks and MacBook Airs and MacBook Pros are disappearing from her school. She doesn't see, they used to be 80% of the students had some sort of silvery MacBook. Now they're all using low cost Windows notebook computers or Chromebooks. And it's because, because they can't the, afford it. Nobody can afford, afford it. it. But you yeah. see, that's also the problem with the educational system. If we can't afford to educate our children. Well, that's a political issue. We've got more to come with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Aging is one thing that affects everyone. George has talked about the power of stem cells for years. Now, there's a new serum that harnesses that stem cell power to bring back your youthful look. Beverly Hills doctor, Nathan Newman. Stem cells are basically our fountain of youth. This is what maintains our body's reparative regenerative abilities. As we age, every cell breaks down and needs to be replaced, and what replaces it is the stem cell. Dr. Newman and Janess have developed Lumen Lumines. Lumines takes the science of stem cells using the same growth factor complex that literally heals our cells, slowing the appearance of the aging process. Apply Lumines twice daily and on average see results in a week. Learn more, watch our video, and order today at a special Coast website, healthylooking.com. Plus, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's healthylooking.com. Lumines for a healthier, much younger, better-looking you. Buy now at healthylooking.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we're back. Apple needs to find a way to recognize the modern reality of educational systems, which is the budget is above all, not the fancy toys and the fancy features, because you don't have people like that anymore. They can't afford to hire them. They just want to keep the things running cheaply. And Apple has to find a way to leverage that. I don't know if they can make a 499 MacBook Air, maybe a 599 MacBook Air, and find some way to sell it. I guess the one thing to sell it is to point out that 
the cheap $230 Chromebook is not going to last very long. And even if you can easily replace it because all your data is online, you've got to buy all that hardware or pay for people to come and fix it. And if you can pay a little bit more for a device and it lasts longer, doesn't that, That's a good point. Doesn't that make a good point? It's the cost of use. This is what IBM has made a point about Macs. They adopted a lot of Macs for their employees and people who deal yeah. with them. And what is the argument? It's cheaper to use. Even there is the residual value in an iPad. If you buy that iPad for two ninety nine, you use it for three years, it's going to be worth 50 60 70 bucks at the end of that time. And there are markets where you can uh, get money for those used iPads and uh, recover some of your costs. That brings the total outlay down quite a bit. But still, Apple made a big thing out of the pencil. I am not yet sold, despite the glorious demo by Serenity Caldwell at iMore on how you use a pencil in an educational environment or any environment. I'm not convinced that the pencil closes the deal for education. I, I have not yet heard that from any educator I've talked to. Well, the 299 iPad, you'll have it for three years, during which time you'll have three $230 Chromebooks in that same period. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I talked to an educator about that who uses Chromebooks in her school daily massively, and she says the ones they buy stand up pretty well. Occasionally, a screen will break or a keyboard key will flip off, and they send it to their tech, and it's good as new again because they have a supply of displays and keyboards. And she said they're pretty strong. She's seen students drop them, and, and they survive. I think the stories that say the Chromebooks are so cheap that they'll break instantly are based on apocryphal stories where somebody bought a really, 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 really cheap one. And that story kind of gets percolated around through, you know, hearsay and, you know, Chromebooks are cheap and they don't last. But it really much depends on which one you buy. And my educator told me that she's very happy with the quality of the Chromebooks that they buy. And they last a lot longer than a year. I know that somebody wrote a story for Macworld and said in the time he had his one iPad, he had three Chromebooks. I think Obviously, people it's, it's an example Apple. of one, but you kind of think somebody who's a power user is not going to abuse it as much as a student. Or perhaps, you know, over time, the Chromebooks have been made more resilient for that kind of damage. We root for Apple so hard that we, we desperately search for stories like this to support our beliefs. You know, I, I, I saw a nice editorial by Michael Gartenberg yesterday where he compared a Chromebook to an iPad, and he said it's a wash. It was a pretty balanced, pretty objective review. The thing is, is that so many schools have made so much so, so much of a commitment to Google software, Google Docs, and to Chromebooks, which have a built-in keyboard and which are of the configuration that uh, students are going to grow into, that um, it's hard to reverse it. I mean, what happens when you get into high school? Are you going to use an iPad in high school, or are you going to be doing Xcode programming on a MacBook or some sort of notebook computer? when you get into high school. So it's, there's, a, there's a question about the full pedagogical usefulness of an iPad to prepare students for the future. And, and so if you're, a grown-up computer is a notebook computer, then you should start your kids early with notebook computers instead of trying to force-feed an iPad as the thing of the future. Well, I think the iPad is great for the third grade. Yeah, yeah, but there comes a time when students have to move on to the next level. And, I, and many, many educators have told me that the things that they need to do, the exams that they need to give the students, the software that they need to use, doesn't run on iPads. 
even if you attach a, a keyboard cover slice slash device, the software is not there. Well, the keyboard's not there. I've tried the keyboard cover, and the one for the 12.9-inch iPad was awful. Yeah, the I tried space it too. Bar I, I returned it. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> I returned it. Right. And then the one for the, this is before they came out with a 10.5-inch version the previous year, the 9.7-inch version. That keyboard cover I liked, by the way. I thought it was okay. Except it's still spongy. It's mm-hmm. not a keyboard. And the thing I still wonder about here, with all Apple's great expertise in technology, why can't they give you a typing experience on an iPad that's comparable to a regular notebook? I think it's because Apple's fixated on the vision that the iPad is the future. I think Tim Cook said something like, you know, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact language, but Tim Cook once said something like, the iPad is our clearest, most distinct vision of the future of computing. And I think that philosophy has driven Apple into an unbalanced, over-eager support of iPads in, in education because that's the hammer they have for the nail they look at. Yeah, think about this for a moment. I still don't understand the iPad too much. I can't see you doing productive work on it because all the keyboard solutions that I've seen for iPads are terrible. And I can't see the sales pitch there. I mean, people are buying iPads. The sales are going up. There are lots of reasons for it. Like, for example, my wife went to an eye doctor the other day, and they handed her an iPad to fill in her patient information. That was wonderful. That was terrific. They did all their major work, though, on a regular PC. But the patients were given an iPad. And I thought, that's fine. It made easier for her, more convenient for her, because she's used to her own iPad to enter our information, not have to write it down, and not have to scribble. There's a really good keyboard for the iPads. It comes from Bridge, B-R-Y-D-G-E. And they make these aluminum keyboards with great keys that match the iPad. And when it folds up, it looks, when it folds up and unfolds, it looks for all the world like a MacBook Air. Yeah, I was thinking of a commercial for it just now. With great keys comes great responsibility. No, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. I must have had Spider-Man in my mind. <laughs> but the bridges are not cheap. And so by the time you add a pencil and a, and a bridge keyboard and Apple Care, once you're once again out of reach. I, uh, so we're beating a dead horse. Right. You think you bought a bridge. John Martellaro, please tell our listeners in exquisite detail where they can find <laughs> more of the stuff you do. I'm and the stuff you editor. don't do if you don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm a senior editor at the Mac Observer, Mac, Mac Observer, one word, dot com. Great team there. If you like one word, there it is. Everything is one word now. Even CenturyLink is one word. Used to be Quest, by the way. I don't know why we're mentioning that. You can find us on Twitter. If you look for Tech Night Owl, one word. All right. We also have another radio show called The Paracast. Two words or one word. Take your choice. And we've got an interesting guest this week on the Paracast at Paracast.com. His name is Dean Rayton, and he wrote a book called Real Magic. Not the David Copperfield magic, but real magic. You know, paranormal, PSI, that kind of stuff. Go to Paracast.com. And if you're really concerned all that much about the normal number of ads you get on a normal commercial radio show, Sign up for Tech Night Out Plus. Tech Night Out Plus 
gives you a version of this show free of the network ads. They let us do it if we charge a little for it. And you get a little better audio quality. So John sounds great and I sound, well, we don't want to say. Anyway, the prices start just $1.49 a week, which is cheaper than the coffee at Circle K or 7-Eleven or AMPM, and certainly a lot cheaper than Starbucks. Or you can get a month subscription for $4.99. It's a pretty good deal. Go to plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com for more information about Tech Night Owl Plus. It's also the number one numeral uno best way to support this show. And you really want to support this show. We've been here for so many years already. 16 years of the Tech Night Owl Live. John Martellaro, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. My pleasure. Nice to be here. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.